Well, I'm delighted to be joined this morning by Caroline Hanley, the Regional Coordinator for SAGE Advocacy. And Caroline, first of all, thank you for talking to us here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. And thanks for having me on and bringing some attention to this uh, topic. You're very welcome. Now, Caroline, maybe for the benefit of our listeners, I would know already, explain the, the, uh, the whole role and remit of SAGE. So SAGE is a support and advocacy service for vulnerable adults. Um, I'm the regional coordinator for the South East, so I cover Carroll, Kilkenny, Waterford, Wexford and South Tipperary. Um, we believe that everyone should have a voice in decisions that are made about them and that affect them. And our motto would be, nothing about you without you. So we work with vulnerable adults, with older people and with a healthcare patient. And of course, there is an issue about the older people because I, I see where a, a scheme undertaken by Safeguarding Ireland recently, uh, they saw where 91% people, they're looking for stronger support, stronger laws to safeguard people from abuse, 85% support for an overall national authority on safeguarding and 87% said a dedicated authority should in, have enforcement powers. That's a huge issue and really uh, part of our SAGE's work nationally would be trying to promote some safeguarding legislation to give more powers to our safeguarding teams. But as part of my role here in the South East, I'm a member of the CHO5 HSC Safeguarding Committee and that committee was formed to promote safeguarding of vulnerable adults in, in the area here locally. And we have representatives on that from the HSC and from community and voluntary organisations from across the five counties in the CHO5 area. So I'm, I'm glad to be a member of that, that committee. And as part of that, our role is to promote awareness around safeguarding and to make sure everyone is aware of what safeguarding means and how they can get some support. Now, talk to me then about safeguarding. Again, there, talk to me about some of the areas that you would cover and, uh, and we can expand on those as we go through our chat. So safeguarding means living safely and free from abuse and neglect. So if someone um, is at a risk of abuse or just concerns that they may be abused or taken advantage of, then there is social workers available locally. And you can call the, the CHSC Safeguarding Line, and that's, that number is 056-778-4325, and they'll be put in touch with a duty social worker who will then put you in touch with somebody in your area. So you'll talk to somebody locally about your concerns, and they can help you deal with any issues, be that financial abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, neglect, whatever that is, if you have any concerns about abuse of a vulnerable adult, you can contact that number. And uh, dealing with some of the specific issues, I, I know from my dealings with this through the uh, the Kilkenny Edge Friendly Alliance, that one of the real challenging areas is about money, because as people get older, and uh, the, the people are in their family, perhaps our friends, you know, maybe they, they need to look after them, of course, but the older person need to have some plans made about their finances or their property, and this is one of the areas that needs to be taught through. Yeah, it's really important to think about there's a chance that someday you might not be able to manage your finances and you might need some support. So I think during COVID-19, it's a good time for people to think about that because as people might have to isolate or cocoon, um, they might have had to ask somebody to support them, maybe to pick up their pension or to do their shopping. They might have had to give money to people. Um, and now is a good time to start thinking about maybe getting that control back. And as we get out of this pandemic, hopefully, that you'll be able to take control back over your money. Um, and if you need some support for that, you know, you can call SAGE or you can call the safeguarding team to support you with that. But it's important, the banks and the post office, the credit unions, they're all very keen to work with people to make sure their money is safe. So if you have any concerns about your money, you can call the bank directly. We have a vulnerable customer phone line now, um, and you can call and deal with somebody who will understand the safeguards they can put in in place, such as maybe putting a limit on your card or um, maybe possibly alerting your, your account as a vulnerable customer so that 
if your account is used online, there might be a flag. So there's different things that banks can do, and they're eager to do that. So it's important to just keep an eye on your accounts, check your accounts regularly, understand them. If you need support, ask for it, and we can help you. And I just noted as well through uh, the Safeguarding Ireland website that during the COVID-19 pandemic, which is obviously still with us, that older people have had maybe a greater need to use uh, maybe other family members or friends, and uh, they may be a little bit concerned maybe that some of their control is lost during that. So it's important that they're, they're not stressed out because of that as well. Exactly. And most people were genuine and were trying to help somebody who needed their help during, during this kind of crisis we've been in. But it's important to take that control back. Uh, make sure you still um, have a say in what's happening with your money, that you're not handing over control completely. You still have that independence over your finances to make your own decisions. I think most people are well-intentioned, but they may just kind of get into a position where um, they may be taking up more than they can handle or they feel they need to protect the person. But it's very important that everyone has a right to control their own money to manage their own affairs as they choose. And I suppose, and this is understandable, and maybe not as much as it was in the past, but older people have a tendency maybe to have a lot of cash lying around the place as well, maybe don't trust the financial institutions. Maybe that's changing now, and I imagine it is, but that's always a worry as well, and that has its own knock-on problems. Yeah, that's a huge concern, and some people do like to keep their money at home where they feel it's safer, but we would definitely encourage people not to keep cash at home and try and put it in somewhere where it's safe, in the, in the bank, the union, the post office, wherever you are most comfortable. With. And if you want some support again with that, you can contact either Sage or even the guards if you want some advice at any time. The guards are there to help as well. Yeah, well, safeguarding, of course, is more than just money. Money is probably something that's very, it's clearly very important to older people. But clearly, when they're being looked after in their home, it, it, they might very well be getting uh, abuse, perhaps from a family member. Maybe a carer is a, just a little bit careless with them as well. So I, I think it's important for older people to, to, to make sure that they can trust those that are that they're looking after them. I think that's very important really important that's what this campaign is about just to make sure that everyone knows there is support out there there are social workers available and you don't have to suffer on your own or in silence of course one of the challenges of being old as we all as we all will know and or do know is that uh, as you get older you you still have to plan for what happens down the line for for the day perhaps when you may have to leave your home and go into uh, some sort of uh, managed care unit or uh, or there, there might be a lot more thing about the medication you're taking and maybe others don't know about it so you have to plan the and I was taken by a document that we, we, we had during my time involved with the Age Friendly from a hospice group called Think Ahead and that laid out a whole lot of practical questions that, that might seem sensitive now to ask an older person but which would yeah. make life very easy down the line, Caroline. Yeah, the Think Ahead is a great place to start for planning for your future. And, you know, Nikki, it's a great time. We're locked in. We can't go to any matches. There's no hurling on the telly. We've nothing to do. It's a good time to sit down and start thinking about this. And if you start filling out, you know, some of that form, start writing down your wishes, having those conversations with your families, even if they are tough conversations, just start there and start recording what you wish. So in that document, you can write down, you know, your emergency contacts, your health insurance information, your legal stuff. You can put in your cultural and religious preferences, you know, for what you'd like for your, your funeral. Um, you can put in your place of care. There's an advanced healthcare directive, your wishes around resuscitation, organ donation. It's really a lot of detail. You can fill out as much or as little of that as you want. But it's great because if the time comes there where you're no longer able to make a decision for yourself, be that due to maybe a, de- a dementia or a brain injury or something, maybe you're in a coma, whatever might happen down the line, 
someone can pull that document out and say, this is what, what they want. It's written in their own words and it's written on the day when they were in good form and they were well and they were able to understand this. That can be reflected back. And then when a decision has to be made, it's taken into account your own wishes and your own voice is included in that. Who are the best people to uh, work with the older person in relation to that? Is it a family member? Is it a social worker? Who would you recommend, Caroline, in that regard? Well, for a change ahead, I mean, for that kind of thing, really, it's, it's your loved ones, it's people who you want to be to be making the decisions, to be involved in those decisions. But you have to remember that your next of kin has no legal authority to make decisions on your behalf. All they can do is say, well, this is what, what she told me, this is what Mammy would have wanted, this is what we had this conversation one day, and this is what she told me. But really, at the end of the day, legally, nobody can make a decision for you unless they have power of attorney and a power of attorney is only a legal document it doesn't reflect uh, healthcare decisions so that's really for legal and financial affairs but really it's good to have these conversations so that if the time comes um, and it's a disagreement with the family members about what mammy would have wanted at least it's written there clearly and the conversation's been had so it, it avoids conflict in family when they're under time of stress and maybe mourning or grief or anything else good to have that laid out in your own words but for an advanced healthcare directive it would be important to talk to your GP or your doctor about that Yeah of course and the reality of it is in some family circumstances there may be conflicts in family as well so that can be difficult and the, the older person may, may be struggling to know which of my daughters, which of my sons the son or daughter I need to talk to about this or get help from this because in some cases there may be ulterior motives that's the sad fact of life in some cases yeah. Yeah, and families are complicated and that can happen. So it's good to, I mean, you can even nominate different people. So if you want to set up an enduring car of attorney, you may decide that your daughter is the best person to help you with decisions around your finances because she's good with money and she knows all about your your uh, your wishes around your finances. But maybe somebody else, maybe a cousin or a friend would be better placed to make decisions around, you know, other things of where you might live and your more personal decisions. So you can actually nominate two or three different people in, in an enduring car of attorney or have a more general one. So it's very important to pick somebody that you can really control because it's taken on a lot of responsibility if they're going to be nominated as a power of attorney for you. So that's a very big decision, something you need to discuss with your solicitor to make sure that person is somebody you can really trust. Having that written down really avoids a situation where the family might be in conflict over your wishes. And of course, you know, many people are ready to pick up the phone and, and, and ring somebody in SAGE, for example, and, and talk to the, to you or your colleagues who are, who are well experienced in this area and can deal with the sensitivities and the confidentiality that is associated with this issue. Yeah, and that's what we're here for. We're here to support decision making, support people making sure their wishes are planned ahead and that they're they're heard. And when when a stressful time comes for somebody to be has has a medical issue, whether they're in hospital and they need some support, that's a difficult time to be making a decision like this. But maybe standing people standing over a hospital bed and someone's just too unwell to even to even have that conversation. It's just good to have somebody that's independent support, and that's what we're here for is an independent support to help you support your own decisions, make sure your voice is heard and if, if necessary to, have to speak on your behalf if, if you're too weak or not able to for whatever reason that we're here to speak on your behalf and make sure everyone's listening this is what you want. Of course Caroline there are instances as well where the older person is being abused and that can be at times difficult to track, it may be not known who's doing the abuse maybe at times but this is a sad fact of life that older people at times are abused and getting that abuse reported is, is important but it's also not simple. Yeah, and unfortunately, I mean, the Safer Link team, the Southeast here, received over 1,300 referrals last year for suspected or alleged abuse. And, and that's huge, you know, and they, they really vary. And so they might not all end up being um, 
proved in like both cases but there is that many people who are concerned so it is a huge problem um, unfortunately it does happen uh, I think the majority of people are trying their best and doing the right thing uh, and sometimes maybe people are unintentionally maybe they're doing things for the, for the person's best interest they think they're protecting them but what actually they're doing is controlling somebody else or maybe the, the things have just slipped out of their control a little bit and it might have been intentional but these things do happen as the families are complicated so it's just good to know that there is support there you don't have to, to be to suffer abuse or to to see somebody your, your love or somebody you know suffer from abuse there is support there and the social workers are trained to deal with these cases yeah and unfortunately and again I know going back to my experience with this project during my um, dealing with the dead friendly days much of the abuse can come within families as well sadly Unfortunately, it does. Unfortunately, that is the case. But I mean, and it can come from within families as well because of that confusion around maybe thinking they have the right to make decisions for somebody, and because of that confusion around next of kin, um, that that does create that. And we had done a, a poll nationally at Sage where we found that 90, 57% of people believed that an next came with someone who could make healthcare decisions for a person. And 32% believed that it could access someone's bank account if they were unable to. And there's no basis on legally for an next came to do anything like that. So that confusion really doesn't help or people think they can do more than they can. And that can kind of escalate into an abuse situation very quickly. So we recommend getting rid of the word next to came completely and maybe using a word like you know, point of contact or nominated person. It might give some clarity to those things where you often have somebody who will call um, up, you know, a hospital or a doctor and say, you know, I'm next to kin, I want to know this and I want to know that and I'm saying this is what happens and I'm making this decision and they really have no legal right to do so. So some clarity around those terms might help. And of course, this is equally relevant when the older person goes into a nursing home, a care home, that their their wishes need to be respected in there as well and they can't be taken advantage of within the care home environment. Yeah, absolutely. It's huge there too. So that's where stage advocacy can come in and, and be quite helpful. And, and what a lot of our cases might end up being um, referrals that I get personally here in the southeast would be people who maybe don't want to go to a nursing home and are getting pressurised from family or from healthcare staff to think that they'd be better off in a nursing home and they'd be, they'd be less risks and they'd be less uh, chance of them falling, whatever it might be. And that person may be very clear about not wanting to. So it's about supporting the person to write their own decisions. And no one can be put into a nursing home against their will. So it's really the person has the right to make their own decision, be told all the information and decide what's best for them. That's really important. Of course, in this current pandemic, uh, life is not normal. People are being locked down and older people can't come out at all. Now, thankfully, many, many bodies... Uh, such as the GA, to mention but one, to be fair, there's many more, are now offering services of uh, calling to older people, bringing their groceries, bringing their medication, bringing their fuel and all that. While that's very helpful, I suppose there's still a little bit of nervousness unless they know the caller pretty well. So it is important for, for people who are providing that service to make sure they go through proper channels within the family and, and, and don't just assume people need help because they might be even nervous opening their door. Yeah, people are very nervous and it's sad that's the way things are at the moment. But the, the agencies around the voluntary organisations, especially yeah, the GEAs you mentioned, have been great. They've really stepped up and it's great to have um, them services. Hopefully they'll continue long after COVID is over because these issues, people are isolated. Um, they go on all the time. It's not just during COVID. People need support kind of all year round. Uh, I'll often have cases that people just don't have somebody that can go maybe to the pharmacy to pick up their prescription for them. They just don't have family members or neighbours or anybody around anymore. Um, so just having those supports is great. But as I say, going through the proper channels so that they are the guard of vetted and there is some control around it. So if people don't want support as well, they have a right to decline it and say no. 
Before I finish, Caroline, in terms of your own role and your colleagues' role, do, do you feel you're getting enough support from within the, the government sector or the agencies of government to, to undertake this work? Because I can imagine it's even got, you've outlined the number of cases that's been referred to you, but I can imagine in the in the COVID environment, it is even very stressful for yourselves to cope with all the uh, the calls you're getting at this time. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, stage, we're, we're really busy. We're getting lots of calls. We have, you know, a lot of different things going on. We have a family forum going on at the moment as well for family members who are concerned about um, loved ones who might be in nursing homes. And that's where you really get a lot of interest and people are busy. But I suppose it, it's never enough resources. We try and we kind of keep busy and do what, do what we can here. Um, we're working as much as we can during the restrictions at the moment and trying to respond to any urgent calls that come in. Um, but there's never enough staff, there's never enough funding. It'd be great if I could have one of me in each county rather than one just per CHO area. But you know, that's we're doing the best we can with what we have at the moment. But obviously we're always looking for more funding and more stability in that. OK, well, I just need to call out the numbers there. The HSE Regional Safeguarding Office is 056-778-4325 or the HSE Info Line is 1850-24-1850. So anybody listening who feels they might need help, call those numbers and Caroline and her team will be there uh, to help you. Caroline, can I, can I just, can I you just can, add of course, in the, yeah. the SAGE number as well? Please, please do. Please do. 719400. So just to distinguish that SAGE advocacy would be the independent advocate service and the safeguarding would deal with more of the abuse cases. So even if something is not quite abuse, so you're not concerned about abuse, you just want to go planning ahead and making decisions, then maybe SAGE advocacy might be more appropriate for people in that situation. Okay, well look Caroline, I do appreciate you taking time to talk to us. This is a hugely important topic and it's not something that's uh, kind of have a particular timeline. It's something that's going on every day of the week and it's a topic we'll need to come back to again to remind older people that planning ahead, you always have a future. So if you're planning ahead, there are people out there you can help you. There are ways you can help yourself and make life very easy for yourself and your loved ones in a very later in life. Thanks, Thank, Thank you, Caroline.